This episode of Deep Thrones, we review House of the Dragons Season 1, Episode 9, The Green Council. We say one final somber farewell to King Viserys. We dissect the power play by the Hightowers and the Greens, and we try to figure out which houses will fall on which side, plus many more hilarious segments. Winter is here. Welcome back to Deep Thrones. Oh, we're back. This is our review of House of the Dragon, Season 1, Episode 9, The Green Council. Ooh, green's up, baby. The Green Council. All Let's right, do all it. right. Calm down, sorry, sir. Sorry, got to do the intro, so I apologize. I, of course, am Sims. My partner, Sheedy's here. What's up? Listen up. Here's a story about a little guy that lives in a all green right. world. All right, all right. Let's reel, let's reel it in here a bit. Hold all your right, excitement. Yeah, you're right, you're right, okay, you're right. these... These despicable greens will get what's coming to them soon. Honestly, it's it's like a it's like a weird. It was like a really powerful episode for the greens, but also a lot of inner turmoil. It's not like, and it's kind of realistic. I think politically, we'll get into it. But I feel like you know nothing's shi- sunshine and rainbows. Yeah, I mean when you're going around backstabbing and founding a whole you know king kingdom on that, then yeah, there's going to be some inner turmoil turmoil yeah for sure for sure but they're 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 hashtag glowing up right now <laughs> <laughs> so let, let's ease into it a bit so what t- tell me about your weekend you had a couple halloween parties yeah two halloween parties um for one i recycled an old costume i was a cowboy but i feel like it's just easy i have a cowboy hat i don't know why i just do i mean i, I think every you gotta have a good cowboy in rotation hat. yeah <laughs> yeah it's gotta be in the rotation and uh and then I was Dr. Ian Malcolm for Jurassic Park at the other one. But going forward, I have a costume idea. And you know what? I was going to say it on air, but now I'm not. I've decided. You're going to keep it secret? Let's keep it secret because if someone takes it. Because it wasn't. I didn't Google it or anything. I came up with it on my own. How was your weekend? It was fantastic. The, the wife and I went on a little weekend getaway to Lake Geneva. It was. I mean, you go up there in the fall. The leaves are changing colors. Oh, the foliage. You, know, you get the crisp morning breeze. It's just. Oh, it, it's breeze. It's divine. The dew there. point. The do, the do, dude. Don't the get me do. started on the do. Don't get me and fall do with foliage. It's, <laughs> it, oh my god! So congratulations on that. It was a nice time. Nice. Oh, it was, Fast it and was furious, perfect. but nice. Just, just what the doctor ordered. Just what the doctor ordered. All right, cool. But today was just a big football day. Big football weekend. How about how yeah, about the Vols beating yeah. the, the Tide? There. I mean, hopefully, hopefully we see an SEC championship game with Tennessee versus Alabama. Are they are they on the same side? Are they both SEC West? You're asking the wrong guy, man. Yeah, I don't know. I honestly don't. I honestly couldn't name all. I'm the just states. tired of seeing Georgia and Alabama play in the SEC championship. I know. It's, I am just happy to see some parody in general. I, I love anytime Alabama loses, and I don't know much about college football, but when they lose, I laugh. Also, US. I thought USC was fully back, and then they lost to Utah. But that game, I think it was 43-42, something like that. Yeah, football's crazy, man. It's weird. I mean, I feel like this, even this year in the NFL, it's like the Bucks are terrible. Tom Brady ruined his family for nothing. <laughs> uh, the Bears uh, did, lost to the Commanders. That's right. tough. We, there That's was no tough. need to bring that up. I was having Let's a fantastic do, we're four minutes Sunday. in. Let's do a quick six more on the Bears, <laughs> the Commanders. No, so this a is a fantastic Sunday. Yeah. I was like, I don't have to watch the Bears lose today, and you just had to, no. just had to bring that one up. No, 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 no. It's over. It's over. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Justin Fields. It's well, over. with that, we'll dive into the review here. Take us through episode nine. Uh, episode nine, yeah. So episode nine, the Green Council. Um, this is going to be a weird review because this is a very cutty episode because there's a lot of cuts to reactions to this movements shaking. So we're going to really do a broad strokes in some of the scenes and mm-hmm. probably dig in a little deeper on some of the other scenes. As you remember, if you're a Deep Thrones fan, which is usually what we do for like battle episodes, but this in a way was a battle episode. You you had to get everyone's reactions to certain things happening, yeah. and then you had a lot of same things happening at the same time. So it was very much. You could compare it to a battle scene in that sense where everything's happening simultaneously. Yeah, a lot of cuts, and I I, I think well done. Um, I'm just going to say it. Let's start. All right, so it opens on a very dark and somber throne room, right? Like, it's the throne room, and then we're cutting through the red keep. Very dark. You just know something's wrong. The The shade of the throne room was reminiscent to me of Daenerys's dream when she first sees the throne room and she's in the house of the undying that sort of and i don't think there's any specific correlation that was just where i was mentally mm-hmm. i'm always kind of thinking about daenerys <laughs> um it's night all is still 
Um, a kid who's a little birdie's running through the Red Keep, delivers a note to Talia, who, of course, works for the White Worm. Um, and um, then, she, you know, she obviously is getting the note. And she runs to Allison to tell her what the boy saw. Then Allison goes to Otto to tell him what the boy saw. King Viserys is dead. Yeah, and um, you're already getting the groundwork of what's going to happen moving on for the rest of this episode. Otto asks, who else knows, to Allison, And... Alicent says, uh, you know, not not really anyone, but the most important part in that scene was Alicent revealed to Otto that Viserys told her to name Aegon his heir. Yeah. Which we know is a big mix-up. Yeah, classic, honestly, classic mix-up. Classic mix-up. You hate to see that. <laughs> but yeah, it uh, is a mistake on her part. She totally misinterpreted what he was saying. Um, she's a cutie, a bit of a mix-up. It's okay, that happens. Unfortunately, it leads to a brutal civil war. Uh, but these <laughs> but guys, okay. these that things happens. happen. These things happen. We, you know. But uh, I also think what's interesting, and again, we've we've praised Condal a lot so far, and I think that like you look back to Game of Thrones with like Varys and Baelish, like they would talk about their spy network, and Baelish would be like, "That one works for me," and stuff like that. But even like his assassination of Joffrey, stuff like that. Like, you never really saw the interweavings and in players. And this doesn't go too deep, but I do like the Talia aspect. It's sort of, you sort of yeah, see the, the movement of the dropped off the letter. Yeah, I like seeing that. I think it, it makes it more real to me. You know what I mean? I, I think I think what we'll see going forward is maybe a little double agent scenario. Oh. Because as we'll see later on in this episode, they set up this kind of battle happening between the White Worm and the Clubfoot. Oh, it's tough for me because the White Worm's hot, but the Clubfoot and I fucking, we're boys. Um, <laughs> we'll get to that. No, not because of that. Because uh, No. Uh, no. Yeah, no. We'll All right. Well, listen. All right. So um, Otto basically calls a small council meeting and announces that the king is dead. And Otto has already had plans in place with a lot of the other small, like 80% of the small council. They have been preparing for Aegon's takeover for some time now, which makes sense because Viserys has been very sickly. Mm -hmm. uh, Beesberry's not having it. It's a lot of tense stuff going on. Yeah, so Jason Lannister was just ready to go. He's like, him, er, Tylen. Him, the it, other, yeah, I think it's Tylen. Is it Tylen? So. Him and the other nameless guy who sits there. Orwell, Ironrod, yeah, yeah, all so of them are hyped. They're they're Kristen just they're well. ready to go. And then Allison's kind of like, "What the fuck? Like, were you guys already planning this already?" They were like, "Yep." Westerling, like, yeah. Westerling's looking around like, "What?" Did Sir I Harold, miss the of course, is the the Lord Commander of the King's Guard. He's sort of mm -hmm. like, "No one told me shit. This mm -hmm. is weird." And uh, Beesberry stands up and is like, "Yo, this is a fucking outrage. I will not have this. The king didn't, in his last breath, say this bullshit. You're just trying to usurp the throne." And Kristen like pushes him into a seat too hard and Beesberry I, I did not like this part. This part was not good for me. I, I was not Beesberry a fan dies. of how that happened. The the reason I was not a fan of how that happened is because in this scene in the in the books in Fire and Blood, it's very intentional that Kristen Cole murders Beesberry. And it's showing yeah. like how far he's willing to go for Aegon's claim or just Alicent's side or whatever. But in this in this uh, rendition of it, it almost seemed as, seemed as if it was an accident that Beesberry He pushed died. him back in his seat, but his like head hit the table yeah. and like splattered, which exploded. first off, it's not, I mean, that would take a couple whacks to get that going on. That's like, he really hammered that Beesberry. Right. Yeah, like maybe maybe it would give him a concussion or something, but I don't think he'd be knocked like dead. Yeah, his head one. wouldn't be like squirt, yeah. you know? But uh, but I I would have loved just a slit of the throat with a dagger there, just to show how far Kristen's willing to go for the Greens. Mm -hmm. But Allison, they're sort of playing it differently with her as well. She's sort of more seeking peace at these moments, as we'll see. And also, maybe they felt that with how they were moving Sir Harold at this point, had that actually been purposeful, he would have had no choice but to draw on Kristen. Yeah, because even true. after he smashes the head, Harold draws on him. Uh, the rest of the small council... Puts those two at ease, and then uh, they say, "Sir Harold, it's your job to you know move forward with this." I think they say to go to the Dragonstone, don't they, and like get Rhaenyra or something? To, to Harold Westerly? Yeah, am I wrong about that? I, don't, I might. I be. don't. I don't recall. So I I remember that um, Westerling told Kristen Cole, you know, see their sword, remove your cloak, and that's when they're about to fight it out. Um, and then Westerling pretty much just like gives up. And he walks out. Otto says the door remains shut until we finish our business, which then, you know, someone brought up, Lannister brought up the Baratheons too. So, you know, their business is just install Aegon on the throne. Let's get as many people yep. as we can to our side. 
and anyone that's not on our side is going to die. And Allison even asked, well, what about Rhaenyra? Do you plan to to kill them? Yeah, and Otto's like, yep, we'll probably imprison them or kill them. Yeah, yeah. good point. He's like, yeah, you're right. we got to tie that loose end up. <laughs> and, and to your point earlier, Allison's, I, I think she's going through an emotional surprise here, but she's also trying to advocate for Rhaenyra's life, whereas... Y- we talked about it in the last episode where we thought some of that relationship was starting to revive between Allison and Yeah. And here you can tell, even though she thought that Viserys said that Aegon should take the throne, she really does not want to kill Rhaenyra. But Otto being, you know, I hate to say this, but wise. Is, A realist, yeah. It's like, it's not, there's no way that Rhaenyra's claim can exist while Aegon's on the throne. Yeah, Otto's being a real Robert Baratheon, and Allison's being a real Ned Stark with Daenerys, right? Robert's like, we gotta kill this kid. Ned's like, no, come on, whatever. And Allison's sort of, you know, she's friends with Rhaenyra, she's trying to have a peaceful takeover, and Otto, like you said, lives in the real world where that is not an option. A peaceful takeover does not exist. Um... And uh, yeah, so as you said, Westerling retires at the end of that scene. Allison, you know what? You you were right. That was that was later on in the scene. I'm looking at my notes now. Otto commands Westerling to go to Dragonstone and kill Rhaenyra, and that was like his final straw. Yeah, he's like, I take orders from the king, seeing as there is no king, I am uh, without orders essentially, yeah. and he just takes off. And it seems like he escapes any sort of attack at this point in time. He probably is able to squirrel out of there. Um, Allison then goes seeking. Uh, Aegon, of course, who is meant to be the king. He's nowhere to be found. She visits Helena, who's a babe, by the way. Uh, <laughs> unrelated to the episode, but I thought, you know, we give you, we paint a full picture here on Deep Thrones. And um, <laughs> she, she's going on again about there, there's a beast beneath the boards. Yeah, she says that again, which, you know, we'll see what that foreshadowing means. At the same time, Otto then uh, is like, all right, I got to find Aegon. And it's weird because Allison and Otto then begin racing against each other to find Aegon because they both have different ways that they'll go about his coronation. Mm-hmm. Aemond walks in. Allison's like, your brother's missing. And Aemond's like, all right, I'll fucking find him with Kristen. And him and Kristen go to find him. And, and you know, that's sort of the, the weird sort of race between the Greens to find Aegon. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't understand why they were both kind of racing against each other at this moment in time but it was it was explained in a scene later, later. On. early on we both were a little confused we're like it's the same to the same end right but technically it's you know it's sort of like what uh cersei again sorry to give this sort of juxtaposition here but it's like what cersei said to, to tywin you're all putting your claws in tommen and you're gonna tear him apart you know yeah and i think that was allison's was like well at least if i can get a hold of Aegon first i can set him right and she we see later why she wanted to talk to him first as it pertains to his stepsister. Mm-hmm. Um, Otto asks Sir Eric to go find Aegon. So Eric is, and, and Arik are essentially racing against Kristen and Amond to find Aegon. <laughs> yeah, lo- lots of names here. Lots, lots of names. names here. Meanwhile, Rhaenys is locked in her room. And then they start jailing all the servants as well. Yeah. So your boy Otto is just really, really being heavy-handed about keeping this secret. Yeah. He's doing and, and if it's legitimate, yeah. I don't know why it's got to be such a secret, John. Well, a G's move in silence like lasagna, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> and let me tell you something. Otto understands that you know it's like anything. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta get in there early and often. <laughs> the early bird gets the worm. Uh, you know, it's 160. It's a long season. Um, you either die a hero or you live long. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to justify what he's doing here. But like Rainey's being locked in the room is weird, jailing all the servants. But I think you know why you jail the servants is because they're spies, and that's that's why you jail them. Yeah, but again, I mean, the there's spy, a rat in our midst. The spy would just you know get word out. But if the king is legitimate, you would want the word to be spread, right? They spread it soon enough. They want to spread it on their terms. Mm-hmm. You know, you never want to get spread unless you want to spread. <laughs> all right. So then, um, yeah, Laris is there when the servants get jailed. He does that weird sort of smile he does with his club foot. Um, Kristen, yeah, and then Aegon's going with. Uh, and they're all going looking, essentially. They're all, everyone's out and about now, looking for this motherfucker. Um, and Otto then is forcing all these lords to swear fealty. And some mm-hmm. kneel, most kneel, but some don't. Yeah, so this is, again, showing how far that, that Otto's willing to go for Aegon's claim. No, it- this is normal. This Viserys did this, too. <laughs> Sure. Uh, but it, it is it is very much, at this point in time, there's no more kind of teetering the lines. Like, you're Mm-mm. fully in or, or yeah, you're Yeah, this dead. is it. This is war now. Yeah. This is the beginning. This is the, the beginning of the end, essentially, for peace in the realm. 
And uh, Lady Fell is one of the people who does not bend the knee. Right. I thought Lord Caswell wouldn't, who, if you remember Lord Caswell in the last episode, was the only one to greet Rhaenyra and Damon when they came to, to King's Landing. Right. Who, very good boy. He bends the knee. Late, though. He bends he it late. He bends it late, and, and he's expecting to be able to get out of there, but we see later on that that probably doesn't Sounds happen. great. Doesn't work. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, some lords bend, some don't. Uh, the Cargills come upon a child fight club. That's crazy. And their searches for Aegon. And they're searching all over for Aegon. And they're like, we got to go to all the whore spots, all the drinking spots, all the just debauchery spots, because that's what Aegon loves. And they go to this like little seedy place in Flea Bottom, and it's literally a child fight club. Yeah, that's fucked up. They said that the kids kind of file their nails and, and teeth. Their teeth. That's, yeah, that's disgusting. Yeah. Well, Bold stance, Chris. Yeah, <laughs> and then and, then a- and Amond and uh, Kristen Cole are searching at the same time. Amond openly questions Aegon to Kristen. He doesn't. Amond yeah. ain't afraid of shit. Well, he he's got a point. I mean, it's he's he's basically saying I'm the one who reading all the books. I'm the one doing all the training. I'm the one studying and, the histories. You know what I mean? So it's just he he's got a point. And yeah. and maybe I'm starting to think maybe if if Amond was the one to be put on the throne here. That a lot of bloodshed could have been like obviously you know Rhaenyra probably would have had to die and the kids and but I mean I don't I don't Damon. know that a war at necessarily have I think Aemon would seize the the initiative a lot quicker than than what Aegon would well he said he's like if if my brother were to die or flee and the time came that they come looking for me I'll be I'll be easy to find meaning yeah. like I want to sit on that throne kind yeah. of thing and uh, he also says he got his dick wet. Which I thought was weird. Yeah, that was funny when the said, when the one lady recognized that the, the yeah, one of the ladies of the night. Yeah, was like she's like, "My, how you've grown!" And Amon sort of was like a little bashful about that. Yeah. <laughs> he was a little bashful about that, and he's like, he's like, "Yeah, the other pink dread," you know what I mean? Um, and so the white worm has some some intel. Essentially. Yeah, and and one of her spies approaches the cargo bros and says, "I've got some info as a, as to Egan's whereabouts." All you have to do is uh, bring the hand of the king and a shit ton of money. That's all you have to do. That's all you have to do. All you got to do. All I need is the most powerful man in the world right now <laughs> and like a couple hundred thousand dollars. All right. <laughs> you guys make that happen in the next 10 minutes. Um, and then that's a cut from that. And Lord Caswell is like making a beeline for the gates out of King's Landing. He stopped at the gates. Not great for Lord Cassie. And he, he gets brought to Otto. Of course, Laris is weak ass, brings him to Otto and snitches. Weak ass. His, his ass is fine. It's his foot. He, he snitches. He's, he's a snitch. He's a rat. And Otto sentences Caswell to death because Caswell can't answer why he's leaving. If I'm Caswell, I'm like, listen. I want a soda. You know, it's. It, I want a 7 Eleven. Traditionally, times of unrest follow a king's death. You can tell there's stuff going on in the castle. I don't want to be here anymore. It's time for me to go home. I was in service to Viserys. He's dead. Yeah. I'm going home. Make a case for yourself. Don't just like. Yes, yeah, stand silently. Up. But then, yeah. like, once he's like, all right, you're sentenced to die, that's when he gets mouthy. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, you fucking usurpers. But it's like, dude, any any answer would have been fine. Yeah. Any lie as opposed to silence. Because then he's clear, he didn't even have an excuse ready. I imagine when they dragged him up to Otto, it took some time. <laughs> in, that, in that amount of time, you could anything? You couldn't come up with a like, thing? I, I was just going to Culver's, my lord. I was going to King's Lit. Fuck, that's where we are. I was, uh,. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was going to ask, welcome to Delicious, my lord. I wanted cheese curds. Um, you know they have cheese curd burgers now? I saw that. That's oh wild. My God. I would a curd burger? It. Yeah, I want one. I mean, I that's a very it. achievable goal. Oh, God, I just, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Allison watches as Viserys is wrapped. So this is Viserys' last scene, is him getting all, bo- all mummified by the ladies. Of, what are those women called? Silent sisters. Silent sisters, that's right. That's mm-hmm. right. Uh, not much to add there. Allison then visit Rainey's, and this is a great scene. It's probably one of my top scenes of the episode was Allison and Rainey's talk. Allison is putting the hard pitch on Rainey's. Actually makes a few fair points. Rainey's even says he made a few fair points. But I think at the end of the day, Rainey's is too proud to fall for this. Yeah, I, I feel like every time Rainey's has a one-on-one, it's must-watch television. Yeah, and So this show, this this... House of the Dragon, I think, is like wildly well-acted. Like insanely. Even, and I'll talk about this later, but Aegon's walk, he's kind of got tears in his eyes. 
and he's as you called him a bitch ass um <laughs> i'll say that the actor does a really good job and, and rainey's as well rainey's is is amazing she's electric and, and you never know the thing about rainey's scenes is you never know what her end goal is or what her motivation is going to be she's always being like pulled in a direction and but she always but she finds her firm. own path yeah. and you know how like everyone would joke about cersei she had like that resting bitch face right mm-hmm. rainey's has got the best poker face you'll ever see you don't know what she's thinking when anyone's talking to her whether it's viserys Coralus, Rhaenyra, Allison. Rainey's is like you said, picking her own way. She's mm-hmm. not going to be. She's not going to be motivated by anything but her own. Between between her, Viserys, and Damon, I think. Well, I mean, you know, maybe possibly even Rhaenyra. I think the Emmys are going to be really busy for nominations from this. You got to believe show. Otto will win a couple, a two or no, three probably best not. actor, best supporting no. actor, best bitch. slipperiest shoes. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, no. uh, and then Otto actually, speaking of the devil, sits with my Syria. They're talking shop. Uh, they're gonna make a little deal. She knows where motherfucking Aegon is. She's got Aegon, and she. This is a great scene for my Syria. First off, it shows how much power the White Worm and her her knowledge uh, knowledge is power, and it shows how much knowledge she has. Her entire spy network. She has some great lines about power, about what her capabilities are, about how she could have killed Aegon like a wasp on fruit. Yeah. Uh, it's just a great scene of her and Otto bargaining for this boy. I will say this was this was a very pleasant surprise for me because I thought Masseria was going to become a... become a What was Tyrion's whore's name? Shay. Shay, yeah, whatever. I thought Masseria was going to be kind of a Shay with uh, you know a lot of opinions, but not much to back it up and not much nuance or likability to the character. No, yeah. Where in in this, the last time we saw Masseria was when Damon was kind of like drugged or like passed out after right. Rhaenyra's night. Yeah. And she seemed very hateable in that moment, but in this one, you know, the power is still there, and you can tell that she's not maybe the nicest person of all time. In this however, world, you can't be. However, she's got strong morals. She she pretty much holds a knife to Otto's throat. Yeah. Who's, like you said, the most powerful man in the, in the Seven Kingdoms at this point in time. At this very second. And says, the child fighting has to stop. While you guys are, you know, doing all your politicking and prancing and all that, people are dying down here in Flea Bottom, and your yeah. gold cloaks turn an eye. And, you know, it just shows that she's not completely self-interested. She's not moralist. And not, she has morality and, she, and she's not self-interested completely. And I think that that's extremely important for her character arc. Yeah. Especially since she's going to be pitted against Laris, who seems almost fully self-interested at this point. For sure. He is, and he's slippery as, as all get out. I mean, he's, he's a little slippery devil. Um, the Cargills then find Aegon. They're like, all right, buddy, you're coming with us to Otto Hightower. And then Kristen and Amon walk up. And this is a weird scene where Kristen draws his sword, him and I think it's Arik. What's up with Kristen drawing his sword at all times? Like that that guy needs to calm down. He defaults to what he knows, uh, you know, he got, sometimes. He, I mean, he got he got his life ruined by Renessi once. In fairness with Renera, he didn't want to draw his sword and she made him draw his sword. <laughs> well now he just does it at will all the time. You know, he's an exhibitionist now. He's <laughs> he got one taste and he's just like dick pick. Uh yeah, but him and uh him and Cargill get into it. The other Cargill's running after Aegon. Aemon's running after Aegon. Uh, it would have been funny if it had that music like wah 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 wah. And Aegon's like going in out of doors. Like you have Scooby, like a laugh like, track in the background. Yeah, you know like Scooby Doo when they'd run in and out of doors oh, yeah. and they'd come out of doors like in weird spots. Oh, yeah. They do that. That would have been honestly would have been awesome. And um, eventually Aemon gets a hold of him. He's and, and Aegon's like. Come on, man, just let me fucking go. I'll leave. You can be king. And Amon, you can see, is like, yeah, I know. I want it too. Well, no. he, he even says, you'll get no argument from me. And then, you yeah. know, Kristen Cole has to be like a little king-making cha. Are you just going to insult them the whole time? I don't Show s- some respect. I don't see anything about Kristen Cole. We're like, a, at least like we are a Otto, podcast Otto and Allison. That covers this show, and you have been nothing but rude about Kristen Cole. <laughs> Otto and Allison have, have some like motives that make no, sense Kristen's and stuff. Tough. Yeah, he's a Kristen, bitch. they've. Either they've done a bad job at, you know, kind of giving him more of a storyline or, so. yeah. or he just truly is a pouty, you know. Well, we only dude. have what the show gives us. So yeah. if the show gives us that, then that's what he really is. He really yeah. is a pouty bitch. Um, but you know what? He's my pouty bitch. He's Team Greens until he dies as well. But it, 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 this, I think the point of this scene is very interesting. And I was kind of thinking about this. I was like, I didn't need the whole search for Aegon. Yeah. Right. But then when I thought about it. It explains it in the next scene. Well, well, I mean, I, I think 
the underlying kind of theme is that he doesn't want it. All these people are fighting, literally fighting over him and his claim. Yeah, he has no interest in it whatsoever. I don't want it. He's yeah. It sounds like Jon Snow, and and you're already kind of seeing, you know, kids are like dying. You see like all this stuff, and so I I think that was intentional to kind of have that drawn out search. Yeah, for someone who really wasn't interested in being the king not just that but to me it's intentional for this next scene where allison comes to otto says my boy's got Aegon back he's with me and it shows sort of the inner turmoil and the inner disagreement between allison and otto otto wanted Aegon for his own purposes allison got him of course they both were going to coronate him but allison then in the next scene when she's with Aegon on the way to his coronation says do not kill rhaenyra send a raven give her the option to bend the knee yeah. And that was why they both were racing for Aegon. Otto, as you said, wisely wanted Aegon to be like, we're going to have to kill these motherfuckers, all right, Chief? And mm-hmm. Alicent, though, wants peace. But unfortunately, and, and there's no world where Damon and Rhaenyra will accept Aegon as king. Right. There's no world where as there not. As there should not be. I mean, everything that we witnessed in this episode is wrong. Let's let's put that, let's make that clear. Everything? I don't know if everything's wrong. Well, the only right part was Rainey's escaping, I think. And there's a scene coming up to... that was pretty, was pretty decent. But, and then I, I do think um, Rainey's conversation with Allison really kind of showed in that conversation with Allison Otto, where, you know, she says straight up, like, our hearts were never one. You were always using me. This is Allison speaking to Otto. And this is echoing a lot of the stuff that we said earlier on in the season with young Allison kind of being used as a chess piece, as like a pawn in, in Otto's game. She says that to him, too. She's like, you used yeah. me as a pawn. He's like, yeah, but I made you queen. How much of that do you think, like, do you think Rainey's really awakened Allison to the fact that she was... I think she she already probably realized it at some point as older Allison. Like, she probably was like, yeah, that happened. I think the conversation with Rainey's, uh magnified it, especially as she, you know, when she says, if you haven't pictured yourself on the Iron Throne, mm-hmm. that line we heard. In the, I think all of it, I think the entire day has magnified it. Yeah. To her, to the end, and then, like, the race against Otto to get Aegon. Yeah. She realized, like, okay, my dad has been, this is too, he's, He's one of those. He's a tiger grandparent. I need him to step back. And I think this was her chance to look at him and be like, "All right, listen, things are going to change now." I think yeah. all of it. I think it all has sort of. And I think she's smart enough on her own to realize it too. Mm-hmm. And she is my queen. This next scene we're going to handle <laughs> delicately because it's a little weird. So Allison goes with her spy network, which of course is run by Lara Strong, right? And so she goes. This was a very weird scene. She goes in there. Lara sits down across from her. Um, and she, she starts asking him questions and he's kind of like, well, you know, I have the answers that you seek. And she sort of like kicks her shoes off and she has these, again, these high stock. It's just coincidental. I don't know if this scene was weird and it's based on jokes I've made in the past in the podcast. It's just curious that this happened. You know, we didn't know this would happen. It doesn't happen in the books and she's in stockings and you know, I was like, me and Chris were like, what is she doing? Like warming her feet or is she like dunking on Laris cause he has a club foot. That's yeah. what I thought at first. Yeah. And then he sort of gives her the answer, and then he sort of looks at her, and she asks another question. He's like, well, for that answer, it's, you know, what, what? And then she takes her socks off and puts them on the table. Yeah. Laris now is getting really excited about them toes. His Again, eyes are locked on the toes. Coincidental. Nothing to do with me. Uh, <laughs> and I think it's important. I think it's important going forward that we just remove me from the equation. Don't even think about me as we talk about this. Yeah, I, don't, I wasn't. I wasn't. Me neither. Were, were the listeners? I don't no, think anyone No, I don't think was. anyone's thinking about me. Um but um so so she takes her stockings off just bare toes on the table and he's really into it now and then she's like all right more details and he's telling her there's a spy network talia's spying all these maids and servants are spying and she's like well i might need you to do something to you know take care of those spies and he's like i can but it'll get i'm gonna need like a glamour angle on these toes she like turns to the side feet up on the little like sofa and then she like turns her head because she doesn't want to see what's about to happen. And Varys just slides his hand down his britches and Laris. starts beating it. Oh, Laris, yeah, Laris, yeah, and just starts you know, beating it to feet. It, it's uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I don't condone this. I, I don't condone this. Well, you don't. No, I want on on air. Okay, I don't condone because... this for them. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't like the way it seems. It's it's I. If you're two consenting adults, you can do whatever you want. But this seemed weird. Yeah, it was kind of a quid pro quo. Yes. So sort of deal. I listen. We're, we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to look at the tapes. We're gonna have to see. I'll, exactly I'll do that. I'll was, handle that for the pod. I'll I'll watch the scene a couple times. Well, no, I, I meant we're gonna have to go back in the Deep Thrones archives and really like hot oh. hot word Danny's toes and see exactly everything oh, that. To- I don't that know shows if we ever up. talked about Danny's toes. Did that ever come up? <laughs> I, don't know if that, I think I, I think once or twice. I don't know if that ever. We'll times. get our old guest of the pod, Brendan. If, if I if I recall page. correctly, I think you posted once to the D Thrones account a meme of uh, of uh, an emoji sucking a toast. I reshared and, that and today. You put, and you put finally some representation. I don't think that you also have access to the Deep Thrones. Was that maybe you did that? I, I don't remember that. <laughs> I'm not denying it. I'm just saying I don't remember. Mm-hmm. It. That's weird. No, that's that would be funny though. <laughs> Folks, you're actively listening to gaslighting. <laughs> I'm, 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 <laughs> um, yeah, I'm I'm auto, I'm trying to be Otto Hightower right now. <laughs> um, um, so Eric Cargill helps Rainey's escape. He bursts into her chambers and he's like. I will not stand this. Tre- I think he says like I won't stand this treachery. Yeah, and he helps the uh, the queen that never was make an escape out of her her room where she was locked. Yeah, he's escaping in the full Kingsguard garb as well. He's not wearing the you know the cloak that they wear out in in the Street of Silk and all that. So I, that was kind of like okay, well everyone knows it's you. So maybe that was intentional. Maybe it looked like he was bringing a prisoner along with him or something. But yeah, he put her in the cloak. I believe that's Eric with an E who is uh, loyal to Rhaenyra. Listen, if I'm if I'm like the power players in King's Landing, I'm like we gotta f- stop having these fucking cloaks made because everyone's escaping in these cloaks. I'm like we gotta get we gotta find the guy who's making these cloaks and hang him. I mean, there's only seven. There's only seven. I'm just no. I'm not even talking about the gold cloaks. I'm talking about the Damon, Amond, and Rainey. Oh, all, and oh, they're wearing these hooded, like you know, yeah. These little. It's like hey, who's making these things, allowing all these people to escape? <laughs> um. Uh, also, there's a quick when they're escaping. Lord Caswell's hanging. Yeah. R.I.P. to the realist. Oh, what is he dead? A, what a good man. <laughs> I thought what, he was hanging in there. What a what, um, what a good man. Rainey's wants to get Maylie's, um, which of course is her dragon, aka the Red Queen. And um, Cargill's like, no, that's absolutely not going to happen. The streets are going nuts. Impossible. They're yep. all going to the dragon pit for the coronation of yeah. young Aegon. Mm-hmm. And someone lit a fire somewhere. I believe that was, you said, Laris is hit to take care of some things. Maybe. We don't really know yet. Yeah, no it, it looked like Lar- I mean, we know that's his preferred method of execution, so. Yeah. Fire, that's, wow, that's right. Yeah. Wow. He killed his, he killed his brother and his dad with the fire at Heron yeah, Hall. he's got fire foot thing going on. Um, good for him. Uh, Aegon and Allison, I love that for him. Yes, for him. You know, for him, that makes sense. And it, maybe the foot fetish thing is because his foot's fucked up. Yeah, so he's jealous probably. of pretty feet. I don't know. I got two perfectly healthy feet over here. Aegon and but Allison, wait, I thought you said that you didn't have any sort of. Yeah, that's evidence that I don't because I have uh, healthy feet. Okay. El- yeah, Aegon and Allison, <laughs> let's not talk. Let's not think about me. Aegon and Allison talk <laughs> on the way to his coronation. She gives him the dagger. He cries because he's like, "Oh, maybe she's right. Maybe, maybe he actually did want me to be king, Viserys. Maybe because he he knows Viserys kind of hated him. <laughs> yeah, he's he's like, listen, Viserys had twenty years to name me the king, and he didn't. Yeah, he doubled down multiple times. He he scoffs at her a bunch. He's like, you. Probably Probably you're fucking wrong about this or lying. Mm-hmm. Um, he also, like she says to him, she's like, do not put Rhaenyra to the sword. Mm-hmm. This is why she wanted him. This is why she got him to tell him this, to kind of put it in his head. He then uh, asks her, like, do you love me? And she goes, oh, you're an imbecile. <laughs> yeah, right. That's yeah. where the scene ends. But in this scene, this is where we get the first glimpse of a gold dragon. Yeah, he's, he's, his, wearing, his, he's uh, wearing the gold dragon already. The preparation, according to Otto, at the you know at the very first episode to make him king was long underway. Mm-hmm. Viserys has been sickly for a long time. I don't think Otto missed an opportunity to sort of indoctrinate the other members of the small council, minus Beesbury, to his side. Which which Viserys needed to get some spies because then he would have known that Otto oh. was was you know conniving like that. I know his trust for him was uh, misguided to say mm-hmm. the very least. Um, Aegon walks in. Otto sort of announces him. All King's Landing is there. They're sort of hyped. There's some cheers. Aegon makes the walk, and as Aegon's making the walk, the actor does a really good job. You can see the intensity in his face. You can see the tears in his eyes. He doesn't want it, but man, they're cheering his name. Oh, man, it feels good. He gets up there. He kneels. They they crown him. They're cheering for him. He pulls the sword. They go nuts, and he's loving it. And he realizes, like, you know what? 
maybe I can do this after all. Yeah, I think I think it's it's the thousands of people cheering for him. I think he's got the the black fire sword, massive sign of he legitimacy. He has Aegon the Conqueror's crown. The crown. Um, he's got the gold the gold dragon banners all over, all laid out for him. And so yeah. I think you're you're spot on. Every every part of him that's like, oh, I don't want to do this, dies. Dies right there. Yeah, now he's hyped. And he <laughs> holds up black fire and he pumps it in the air and everyone's going nuts. Yeah. And you think, you know, oh, this is this is the coolest green session of all time. But what we didn't tell you was that when Rainey's realized the coronation was happening in the dragon pit, she's dressed like a common folk. She goes with all the common folk into the dragon pit while all the hoopla is going on. She sneaks away. And she goes down underneath, grabs Maylees, the Red Queen, bursts and bursts through the, through the floor very violently. Probably killed a bunch of people. I mean, I would I would say dozens minimum. Dozens dead. minimum. Yeah, hundreds I would say, injured. I would say potentially triple digit deaths. Definitely triple digit injuries. Yeah, one hundred p. And and Maylees' um, tails going back and forth and just destroying kids. And then you know, kids specifically kids, <laughs> just destroying kids. And then. There's this scene where it kind of like settles down the dust, and then she's wearing like this armor mm, down there. Yeah, and it, you just you just kind of get like that the queen that never was is is now is is here. Yeah, she has arrived, and um, she she just sort of Maylie's growls at the entire Green's retinue. Amond and Allison sort of stand in front of Aegon, like, well, first of all, if it breathes fire, you're not preventing them. You're not you know you know gonna stop it. But they all sort of stand there, Otto, jaw on the floor. After the sort of scream, she turns Maylis around, flies out, and uh, you could tell that was her way of sort of being like, is I don't like Donkey Kong. Yeah, you know, you have you have the entire, the whole ops are right there in front of you. You got, yeah. the, you got the freaking cannon loaded, ready to blow all of them up, and, and you don't. So you hear all the Greens talk about how they want to... You know they're honorable and they want to prevent violence, and the realm wouldn't accept a queen, so we have to put a king on for the realm's sake. Yes. And so far, everyone from the black side is showing more honor and decency, including well, Damon murdered his wife. I wouldn't but, call Damon that. But but he loved Lena. He loves his kids. He loves Jason, Luke, and and Joffrey. Okay. Um, Rhaenyra is obviously. I mean, she just was named. Air. She didn't like beg for it or anything, but now it's her. She hers, worked. So she wanted it. She worked for it. What are you talking about it? She know. wanted it. I don't know. Damon murdered his wife. This. He also made fun of his dead. I do nephew. know this. No one up there, or no one that we've seen main character wise, has been through more pain and suffering than Rainey's then, had. Then Allison, you're right. Then Rainey's has her. <laughs> her son and daughter both died tragically. Oh yeah. Um, well, in her eyes. Yes, in both her eyes, died. In her uh, she was denied the throne her husband simply is, because of her sex. Her husband's potentially dead as her, far as her she's Her husband, concerned. she thinks, is dying as well. Her her cousin was beheaded in front of her. So And, and yet, she still doesn't go Mad Queen like Daenerys did in, at King's Landing. She still shows mercy and decency Yeah, but that was bad moment. writing. You can't blame that on Daenerys. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure, for sure. And, I, and you know what? I hope it works out for her. You're right, Chris. <laughs> You're right. I'm so happy for her that she did that. Good call by Radies. You yourself were just saying, like, Rhaenyra has to die if you're Otto. And now you're like, hats off to Radies. I'm not, I'm not saying that, that strategically it was a good decision. I'm just saying morally, morally she's taking that, the high right. ground. That's fair. That's fair. And she literally took the high ground because she flew off on the dragon. Uh, and it ends with the green sort of like, oh, shit, because they know what that means. And I think it's important, too, to note, just to, for the sake of it, it's, like, it's kind of cool. The last thing Allison said to Rainey's earlier when they had that conversation was like, I'm going to leave you. Let me know what your decision is. And that was sort of Rainey's next conversation was the dragon and Rainey's looking at her being like, you now know my decision. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. Great moment for Rainey. She's a babe. 10 out of 10 smoke. 100 um, percent. OG, yeah, OG defeat or the de- the defeat of the Greens there by her was awesome. You just said defeat, defeat, like defeat, like mm-hmm. winning. You, but you said the, no. Uh, so so what would you rate this? Don't episode? think about me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this one I gave an eight point three. Okay, nice. I, I I like it. I loved this episode. My mom loved this episode too, so I felt obligated to rate it high because for my mom. You sound like a real Aegon right now. Appreciate that. 
um, the Conqueror. So, so last last week's I gave a seven point eight, and I said that was my favorite episode so far. And so I, I really struggled with this one because I don't know that I liked this one more. I, I would say that I liked them equally. However, yeah. I'm gonna give this one an eight because it really stuck the landing with with Maylis and Rainey's at the end. I think I agree with you. I think that a lot of casual people will be like, oh, another kind of slow episode. And it was, I think, a, a, kind of weird when they were doing that Aegon chase. But there are certain things I really loved. The my serious scene, even the Laris shit. I like, I like that they're making him a creep. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and you're seeing it. You're seeing him be creepy. You're seeing him be weird. You're seeing him be very evil. So again, I think I do think there's very much a vilification of the Greens, but I also think they've done an amazing job humanizing Alicent. Yeah, I, I think Alicent's the heart and soul. There's of that, that gray, squad. and I also think they've done a great job of making Helena seem really sweet and docile, so that there will be more gray going forward. Because it's like, well, you can't be mad at Helena. Yeah, and then this and that and this and that, and there's gonna be listen at a time of war. Right now, I think it's easy for, for the sake of this pot, I'll say this. It's easy for you on Team Blacks to sort of put the, the finger to me and be like, hey, explain this. And it's tough for me because Kristen's a bitch. Aegon's terrible. The Greens are conniving and backstabbing. But I do believe there will be some parody in Season 2 and 3 where I'll be able to be like, well, why don't you explain this? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely. What's great. That's what's going to be fun, I think. Yeah. yeah. That's what I, 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 I totally agree with you. And, you know, one thing, too, I'll just add in there. It gave me a little bit of reason to give a fuck about Miseria. Oh, she's awesome now. Which, yeah, I'm yeah, in. I'm, I'm all I'm in. in. I'm all in. I mean, I never wasn't in. You know, well, I mean, you can't be in on Missaria and in on Laris, so you have to, like, you can't. I'm playing both sides, buddy. I'm <laughs> slipping and sliding, all right? Um, it's hard to explain. You wouldn't get it. Don't think about me. <laughs> stop Stop bringing me up. Best line, yes, queen. I'll go first. My Leave best line was Allison. The king did not wish for the murder of his daughter. Okay. Because even if he did wish for Aegon to be... If you if Otto and this is me critiquing the Greens, if Otto's whole reasoning for Aegon to be king is because Viserys wished it, there's no chance he wanted Rhaenyra to be dead in her in his in his stead. That's you know? true. That's and then true. my Yas Queen um, is the king is dead by Otto when he announced that because I was like, yeah, that is that is he he is deceased. And Yas Queen because it's Rhaenyra's turn. So my best line is Harold Westerling after Otto commands him to go to Dragonstone and kill Rhaenyra. Westerling says, I recognize no authority but the king's, and until there is one, I have no place here. And then he resigns. At the end of the episode, I guess he has a place now, because Aegon is king. But they do, Allison does put Kristen in charge of the king's guard. Yeah, Kristen Cole is now lord commander of the king's guard. So yeah, Westerling must have slithered out. Yeah, I I wonder what they're going to do with him, because at this point in Fire and Blood, he's dead. Of what, old ager? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I like that they're utilizing him. Yeah. And what's your Yas Queen? My Yas Queen is Rainey's in response to Allison's, you know, recruiting techniques, basically. But Rainey says, you desire not to be free, but to have a window in the wall of your prison. That was a great line. That, oh, my God. I almost wrote that one down, but it was too many words. I, <laughs> it's, I mean, it honestly, I, I think it goes a lot to Allison kind of playing the victim, but then also trying to play Kingmaker. Yeah. And Rainey's just calls her out on her shit. Like, listen, you, you never quote-unquote, want power on your own, but you're letting all these men kind of dictate your life, but you're saying that, you know, you're doing it for your son. No, like, right. you just you just want to set up a pretty view from your self-made prison, and I'm glad that she was called out for that. Yeah, sure, sure. Hottest moment? <laughs> sure, whatever, <laughs> my, man, whatever. My hottest moment was the meeting between Miseria, the White Worm, and Otto. That was super hot. Otto looked really good in that scene. It's... <laughs> The the fact that Masseria demanded that the child fighting be stopped was, I think, a turning point in her character arc for me. I'm curious me. to see going forward how Otto and her, because he's been utilizing her, you know? We've seen him in the past oh, yeah. get notes yeah. from her. And With, now uh, it's like wait, the, what what was that? That was when Viserys... That was when would, Damon and, and Rhaenyra were, yeah, the, the, you know, right. fucking. Yeah. Or at least what he thinks. And I think now he's sort of like... The relationship that they had has now changed. Mm-hmm. It's no longer, ooh, this is the hand of the king getting intel. It's now it's a bit of a two way street, you know? And it's like he probably has more respect for, it, but also maybe he's kind of like, all right, this is going to be a loose end that at some point he probably will view needs tying up from his perspective. Yeah, but she makes it very clear that she, in her eyes, holds the power in this relationship yeah. of life or death. 
Whereas, sure. whereas Otto, I mean, I think she's a little bit more slick. I don't think Otto, if he ordered her to die, I don't, I don't think, think he's going he'd to. He'd be able to. I think that this is, like I said, though, it's like now it's a two-way street. Yeah. Now it's like if he's going to get, he's going to have to give. Like it's no longer just And he him. says, I will remember this. Yeah. Which probably was his a veiled threat. Like, yeah. I like, oh, I will remember this. Because he always is kind of like, you know, he's always kind of being a little, little creepy. Uh, my hottest moment was just because we got to see sort of how far Allison was willing to go for her family to keep everyone safe was when she took her socks off uh, and had her toes out for Laris. Because, again, it's sort of like you talk about this with Rainey's and you talk about this with, like, you know, uh, Otto and these people who are willing to do what it takes politically. And I think this shows Allison's bravery and her guts to sort of, you know... I mean, the Game of Thrones is about building an empire and doing what you need to do to win you either lose or you either die or you win right in, in the game of thrones and in this world and allison we've seen has an astute mind uh and she's using it here okay let me ask you this if she's if she's has such a <laughs> if she has such a great mind and is really you know putting herself at the forefront of her family's safety yep how come she just doesn't blackmail the the clubfoot with the fact that he murdered his his brother and father to become lord. It's because she's not a bad person. She's not blackmailing. You know, she blackmail- ordered a hit on Masseria. No, she didn't. She did on Talia, I think, didn't she? Or was it Masseria? Was it Masseria? Yeah, th- I he, think- he said you need to cut off like the queen bee or whatever. Well, man, yeah, she's spying on him. I talked about that earlier. You can't be spying on the queen. That's not cool. You know, that's. I think that's fair. I think that's fair in this world. No, I understand that. But if you're willing to kill someone, then why aren't you willing to blackmail someone for Because you don't know how much longer you'll need his services. Listen, you know how much work blackmail is? Take <laughs> off your socks every day before bed, man. <laughs> Come on. It's true. Come on. It's, true. It's, it's a lot easier, you know? All right, we got a Mount Rushy this week. We do have a Mount Rushmore. So in the in the theme of Halloween, I know we're we're a couple weeks away still, but you know things are getting spooky out. People have their decorations up, so we wanted to do a Mount Rushmore of Halloween candy. I love candy, big so candy. This is going to be fun for me. All right. You can go first. I'll, I'll go first. Uh, Twix, Elite Candy. Twix is good. Elite Twix Candy. Is good. It's an elite. You got left Twix. You got right Twix. They can never agree. I, I want a centrist Twix. Is what I would love, or a Green Party Twix. So just well, you what you do is you get the 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 Twix ice cream bar, and then it's just one, oh. and that's one single wow. centrist Twix. That's wild. When I was a kid, like a beaver, I used to gnaw the caramel off, and then there'd just be the the, the other part left. And then I would just because I loved it so much. Um, sorry, this is we broke in the podcast. All right. My first pick will be Snickers. I love Snickers. Okay. Snickers satisfies. You're not you when you're hungry. <laughs> Did you like gnaw the nuts out of the Snickers? Or? Yeah, you you know, like the cars, the caramel would only be on one side on the top. So I would like, yeah, but yeah. like with the snake, did you, did you not? Oh no, the, the Snickers, I deep throat that thing. The veins and everything. Yeah, I get all in there. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'd take it all down. All right. Uh, my second, my second pick's going to be Sour Patch Kids. Sour Patch Kids are great. Sour Patch sour Kids patch, are great. I mean, first they're sour, then they're then sweet. Then they're sweet and they're gone. So, by the way, these are all pe- paid ads, so. Yeah, they're all going to be paying for this. Um, my second one is a Tootsie Roll. You know, I feel like that's a classic Halloween candy. Yeah, comes in that little thing. But dude, yeah, this, you yeah. always get too many of them. They get left in the in the candy jar because no one Not, really. They likes never them. get left by me. I gnaw those bad boys up. All right, um, I'm gonna roll with uh, Airheads. Oh, those are good. Airheads are dope. Yeah, Airheads are great. Classic. I'm gonna go with Sweet Tarts. Okay. You get them. They're a little chalky, you know. Yeah. But as soon as they get in your little mouth, I'll I'll say that. Snickers was your only good pick so far. Okay. That's um, uh, subjective. My, <laughs> my fourth and final pick is going to be Kit Kat bars. Oh, give me a break. <laughs> Come on. Dude. Come on. We're having a good this time. Is this is great episode. comedy. Yeah, here, this folks. has been a great episode, I'd say. 10 out of 10 for us. Um, all right, my fourth and final pick, and honestly, I wasn't prepared, so this is tough. Oh, Skittles. Oh, a little bag of Skittles. Oh, how do I Come forget on. Skittles? A bag of Skittles, man. Slept on Skittles. Well, that's a strong fourth pick. Wow. Taste the rainbow. Yep, and the Tootsie Roll. 
Well, no. Oh, no. no. Oh, we got... You blew it now. Yeah, so next segment is you blew it. I'll start us off. Yeah, start us off, Chris, and really talk about it. So so my you blew it. All right, we're good. We covered uh, earlier a little bit, but it was Rainey's absolutely just dropping the ball and not torching all the ops while they were standing right there. So Rainey's Targaryen. You blew it. You blew it. The queen that never was. We do love you, Rainies, but you blew it. And I specifically said to Chris at some point during the during the watch, I was like, you know what, Rainies, smoke show. But she didn't bring the smoke then, and she should have. Should have wow. brought all that yeah, smoke. Yeah, the one time she needed to bring the smoke, and she didn't. If Corliss was with her, what do you think he would have said? He'd have been like, do it, Jakarth, <laughs> Uh My you blew it is Sir Eric because when Otto went to him originally, he's like, hey, yo, where's Aegon? And Eric's like, no clue. And he's like, it's your one job, dude. Go find him. And then when he finds him. Kristen steals him from him. Yeah. So, uh, Sir Eric. You blew it. You blew it. You blew it, Cargill. But again, he got where he was going anyway, so I guess all's fair or whatever. Aegon, like, he just, yeah, he's just, he was, he's deep into the streets. Like, he wasn't even on the street of silk. Like, he was, he was, like, in Flea Bottom, just really, just hiding under some like sort under of table. A, yeah, under a table in Flea Bottom. Mm-hmm. Really just, guys, in his cups. I'm also going to put you on the spot here on the podcast next week. Let's Uh-oh. get a Westeros history minute on House Cargill, huh? Let's go into those. Oh, okay. Let's yeah. look into that. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah, okay. I was expecting it to be like, boom, gotcha journalism. And you're just like, yeah, sure. No, yeah. I, no, I <laughs> love I, it. I was actually thinking about what Westeros history minutes we could do. but We, because... we, need, we need a discussion about Eric and Arik. It's going to get confusing for folks. Let's, you know. Yeah, yeah, I'm down. Let's do awesome. It. Strategy with Lord Mims, one of my new favorite segments because I've really enjoyed it. It's very a lot of people have been telling me they're learning a lot from Chris's strategy here. Uh, Chris, if you're the Greens, um, how do you go about this? I mean, in terms of how they've done it in the episode, again, you're the Greens. This is your job to take over, right? You you want to coronate Aegon. Other than the Rainey's slip up, they did decent. Yeah, Rainey's being present made it very difficult. Would you have? Killed her? Or are you nervous then because then the sneeze well, takes in the mix? Yeah, because then you have House Valerian against you and you don't necessarily need that at this point. Okay. Here here's the thing. Dive into it. Here's the thing. I would not I would not do this because I'm loyal to Queen Rhaenyra, but if I were the Greens You are Otto Hightower in this. If scenario. I'm Otto Hightower, you gotta you gotta I mean it's gotta be a clean cut. I'm yep. sending So the purge that he did is kinda of fair. Caswell, hanging, fair. Y- yes. Okay. Although, although I I do believe in keeping prisoner, like I think there's value in having hostages because I'm sure House Caswell now is firmly black. Yeah, right. So you're right. Okay. so I, I I will say if you're if you're not going to bend the knee, then you're hanging out in the black cells until further notice. I do think locking up everyone while while you're controlling up controlling the narrative was very smart. I do think obviously not informing the Black Council on Dragonstone is very smart. I don't know, you like it, it's it's difficult. Like he wanted to assassinate Queen Rhaenyra. I do recognize that she would have to die at some point, but I think assassination is not a good way to get loyalty to King Aegon. I would probably coronate Aegon and then send an actual like detachment to Dragonstone. Military with, detachment? Yeah, with with dragons, Aemon, Vagar. Um, Aegon Sunfire and just be like listen we have we have the crown we have King's Landing all the symbols of legitimacy you could take initiative without them even knowing and pretty much show up at Dragonstone right the only problem the main problem that you would have is that you don't necessarily have a navy right which that could be I guess with a lightning strike it won't matter yeah yeah I mean well you gotta get you gotta get the troops there I right. guess, maybe, yeah, maybe some transports or something. But yeah, so that's that's how I would do it. I, I don't. I, I think assassination would be a bad. You you would end up with rebellion. I think if people yeah. were like, oh, he killed the rightful heir to the throne to take it. I think you make some great points. I actually think the way you stated it there too is like they would catch them so by surprise they would either force sort of a sue for peace or that would be like the only battle of the war. It would yeah. essentially be one and done. Um, and because of maybe because of the kind of pussyfooting around here and sort of not having a clear path and they're sort of like uh, this and that. And even Otto, like, you know, he says, well, we have to kill him. But even then, he doesn't have like a blitzkrieg strategy. He's like, we'll send a sneaky guy in there. It's like, that's yeah, not going to work. How is that going to work? Because even if you kill Rhaenyra, you think Damon's not going to call his boys? Yeah. Come on, dude. And he even said, like, there's still people in the um, uh, the city watch who are loyal to Damon. Yep. So... Yeah, I think the way you said it right there in plain terms is very is, is great. Uh, unnecessary titties. 
Chris. My you unnecessary titties is a very obvious one. It was the scene with Laris and Allison. No. And I he think starts, you're wrong. And he starts touching himself to I, Allison's I, feet. Okay. Well, yeah, him touching himself. I, I just, mean. you know, you, we hear a lot about, um, you know, time jumps and skipping character development and stuff. When did their relationship evolve into a fetish relationship? I don't know. That's a great question. But, you know, people are into what they're into. And I don't think we should shame anyone on this podcast, Chris. I think if Laris is into feet, he's into feet. If, if uh, Allison's into her feet getting beat off to, she's into that. <laughs> and I think it's sort of shameful that you have that as unnecessary because for some people... You know, we don't want to kink shame on this podcast by any means. Oh, no, no. We're sex positive on this podcast. Right. Come on. But I disagree. I disagree. Not And again, stop looking at... No, no, no. This isn't about me. <laughs> this is about Allison being a strong queen and doing what she needs to. All right? What's your unnecessary titties? Beesberry's death. It was so comical to me. Like, I had to double take. I was like, he just hit his head on the table and it's dead? Yeah, that was... So, so poor. I think, honestly... I could have given this episode a 9, because I just really liked it, and, and I've been pretty hard on the show so far, but Beesberry's death was literally, I almost laughed. I was like, wait, he hit his head on the table and is dead? Especially for, for us who knew that this that was a pivotal moment in Fire and Blood. Like, that was Kristen they... Cole is willing to do what it takes. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, this old man just is brittle. Yeah. <laughs> Guy hasn't had cheese. He hasn't drank enough milk. He's just fucking brittle boy. Yeah, I'm not uh, not a fan of that. No, trial by combat though. This week I think is a pretty good one. And also, I I, I did want to bring up because no, we've 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 dived into trial by combat just kind of quickly, and I feel like newer listeners to House of the Dragon probably have no idea why it's called trial by combat. True. So we started, and we do have a lot of new listeners. Yeah. So we started. When we were planning out these segments, Trial by Combat was actually supposed to be Sheedy pitching an idea to me, and then I say, basically, live or die. Right. It was sort of like, I wanted to pitch something that was better than Game of Thrones, because when I first, I never used to watch Thrones, and I used to make fun of Chris, I'd be like, it's got dragons in it, and then I watched it and loved it. Uh, So I was like, well, let's do a segment called Trial by Combat, where... I pitch a show to you, and you are a producer that's either like, yeah, let's do it, better than Thrones, worse than Thrones. And obviously now it's just turned into like a thumbs up, thumbs down thing from Chris. It's evolved. And originally it was real TV shows was the idea. Yeah. I'd be like, Family Matters, I think was one of them, as was To Catch a Predator. <laughs> and I was like, this is better. But yes. Um, so so we this do, week's is... Yes, this week's is... Um, so I, I saw that, uh, of course, Lifetime is already capitalizing on the Johnny Depp Amber Heard story, right? And they're turning a movie into the Johnny Depp Amber Heard story and trial. Oh. And it's like, it just happened. Yeah. And no one was that interested. We were all sort of passively interested, but I think they both came off looking like terrible people, you know? So it's like, yeah. how are you going to make them? It's, it's sort of like, you know, so we talked about this about this, about how you kind of need one to be a little bit more positive just so there's a little bit of, you know, uh, of a difference. But um and the way they're doing it it's a very normal narrative style told from like both of their perspectives and it's like we just heard this story in court from their mouths you know uh so with the style that they're doing we're not going to gain any new insights or perspectives and they're both you know too close so i propose that if we're going to remake this story we tell it from a third party perspective and it's got to be someone who's close enough to sort of know the facts but is also sort of mutual and the person i've chosen is amber heard's dog the one that stepped on the bee. Oh, Because no. I feel like it... My dog stepped on a bee. My dog stepped on a bee. <laughs> and uh, the whole episode, the whole episode, the whole Lifetime movie that I'm pitching is the camera is that dog. It's, it is the dog. The camera is the okay. dog. The whole movie. We hear it panting. It's like a GoPro on, a, on an actual dog. Yeah, it's, and everything that happens at, at knee level. <laughs> so, obviously, you know... So we'll sort of learn what really happened from, you know, whatever the dog's name is. I don't know, Mittens' perspective. And, you know, it eats probably a fair amount of the time as well. And I feel like we'll learn finally what happened. People who are Team Depp, Team Heard. I was personally anti-both because I think they both were terrible people. Um, and I think, you know, and also we'll see the scene where it steps on a bee. So that'll be cool. And then, like, you know, in, tragic. like, movies when someone comes out of a coma and, like, it does the angle where, like, the eyes open yeah, slowly. Like really we bright. see that. And Amber Heard and Johnny Depp are standing over, like, flowers and balloons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's it in... in um. My uh, feature film, Heard v. Depp, colon, who fucking cares? I love it. So you can already set it up for a part two where it's the dog versus the bee. The dog finds the bee. That's interesting. We get a whole spin-off franchise of this dog. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And the dog is the camera. I love that idea for a movie. A dog just seeing like... Like a a gritty... like Imagine if True Detective was told through the perspective of a dog. 
just sort of seeing it's like it. Blair Witch Project. Yeah. It's literally just like, you know, Matthew McConaughey, like, this crime was fucking brutal. Here, have a treat. Have a sausage. And he hands it to the camera. <laughs> the dog isn't in. It's just his dog following him. It doesn't talk or anything. It's just a dog. But the camera is the dog. I would love that. Yeah, I mean. Like a literal. I, I'd give it a shot. Yeah. Thriller film. <laughs> a dog's perspective. <laughs> dog's perspective. And they're like, they don't even acknowledge that the camera's the dog the whole time. That's so weird. It's, I mean, it, I, it like like mid mid climax scene. It just like scratches its balls. With yeah, its, with its it mouth. starts spinning around real fast. And you're like, oh, he's got a poop. <laughs> and, right, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm in. Yeah, no, I know. I need more dog content. We all need more dog content. Yeah, Hopefully. well, that's why I'm a big auto guy. Cause he's got that dog in him. All right. Well, um, <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> and on that note, uh, please like, share, subscribe. We've only got one more episode left. It, it's looking like from the preview that it's going to be in contention for one of the best ones of the season. Yeah, I think so. I, and it's also, it's sort of, we saw the Greens perspective. I think next episode is going to be all about the Blacks. And it's called The Black Queen. The of Black course, Queen. Rhaenyra. All right. Well, we love you guys. That's all I got, Sheen. Yeah, that's all I got. Uh, Allison, hit me up. Love those toes of yours. <laughs> Death wishes, not to be messed with testing quiz. They shoot and shots.